Well, it is a great privilege for me this morning to welcome on stage uh, Pastor Chris Matabule. Pastor Chris is a friend of Hatfield, and um, he, as, you, as many of you will know, he's the senior pastor of Hope Restoration Ministries in Kempton Park, and I know they've got campuses in, in other parts uh, also. Um, but it's really a privilege to have you come and join me on stage this morning. It's welcome also to Nkateko, his daughter, that is with him and has traveled with him today. Um, Pastor Chris will also be sharing tonight in the evening service a different message. So we're really thankful for that, for what you will be sharing. And uh, let's just pray for him and, and, and just in the spirit welcome him also here this morning. Father, we thank you for the gift that Pastor Chris is not only for us here today, but to our nation at this time. Thank you, Father, for his heart for this country, for his voice of truth that speaks into many parts and many people's lives, and we, we receive him as a gift from you this morning. We welcome him, and we pray, Lord, that you would just make him to feel at comfortable and at home, and we receive his ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 May the Lord bless you, Pastor Thank Chris. You, Pastor. Come and appreciate your pastor as well. Pastor Louis, praise the name of Jesus. And your beautiful wife, Natasha, who's not here. Uh, I just met her today. What a woman, full of energy. She's bringing that balance. Pastor Louis is a bit cool, and then she has a lot of energy. So we thank God for the balance that the Lord brings in the house of the Lord. Just exactly my wife. I'm a cool guy. Um, my wife, you know, she's more on fire. Praise the name of Jesus. And uh, so thank you for having me this morning. Um, I'm not alone here, as you said. I want my, my daughter to stand, you know, just stand, girl. You may never know. You may never know. She's still single. You, you, you may never know. So if you are interested, you can contact me. But make sure you've got money and a piece of a land. And then we can consider that. All right. Well, my wife is not here. She's ministering at home. But she sends her regards as well. Um, I always start my story, or before I minister, start my story with that beautiful picture. That is my family, my wife right there. You, cannot, you are not sure which one is there, but the one that I'm holding, what a beautiful, what a beautiful uh, picture. That is a miracle, by the way. For me to have that type of a family, it's a miracle. Just to give you a bit of my background, I was born in a family of eight, and um, I was the last born. When my father and my mother realized that they were expecting a baby number eight in that poverty, they decided, you know what? We're not going to have another baby. We are going to abort this one. They went those years to Kempton Park, and the doctor was Dr. Smith. Dr. Smith gave them the iron tablets. Thank God that she was not educated together with my father. <laughs> Dr. Smith gave them the iron tablets, said, keep on drinking, and then later on the baby, you know, will be aborted. Seven down the line, seven months down the line, they realize nothing is happening. Now the pregnancy grew bigger and bigger because of this man who decided not to abort the baby, but give this baby a second chance. They decided, you know what, because now everybody was aware that my mom was pregnant, they could not abort anymore. Nine months later, I was born. So, I'm a living miracle. If you don't believe in miracle, I'm a living 
miracles. So when you see this big head of mine and then this big, it is because of those iron tablets <laughs> that they gave it to my mom. But obviously, 10 years later, the life was so difficult, so difficult. And at the age of 10, I had to run away from home. I was in the streets of Johannesburg for five years, for five years, you know, and just living by anything that you can find on the street. A woman picked me up at the age of 15, Pastor Lou. I'm mentioning this because you just made your faith offering or your, your commitment towards giving. You would never know how far your giving goes. This woman picked me up and said, I know who you are. I know where you are coming from. I know the condition of your family. I'm going to embrace you. I'm going to take you to school. At the age of 15, I was taught how to read. And age 22, by the grace of God, I passed my metric. Did you realize what I said? I said, I passed my metric. I did not pass the pass that you think of. They said, you are old enough now. Just pass. Just pass. <laughs> age 22. Today, I am blessed with the family. I'm a pastor of a church. God has blessed us with the ministry of men. Every year we bring thousands and thousands. I forgot to give them the picture here. We showed them the picture, that side. Thousands and thousands of men are gathering every year. And God continued to use the gift in the house. I pray that you would always see an opportunity that your giving goes beyond your imagination. And here am I today, by the grace of God. Amen. While you have that in your mind, let me speak to you under this topic this morning. Advance in the midst of adversity. Advance amidst adversity. That is what I am talking about. Life can be ruthless, even at the best of times. You need to remember that. We are often faced with one adversity after another, especially in this country of South Africa. You try to fix these things, the other one breaks. While you're still surprised with this one, there is no electricity. When there's no electricity, there's no water. When you're thinking about water, the crime is going up. It's like you ask yourself, where should I go? Where should I hide? We are living in the midst of adversity. When you look at that word adversity, it simply says a condition marked by continuous suffering, hardships, you know, involving anguish, pressure, trials, headache, drought, and disappointments. All of us this morning, we belong in one of those words. Some of us this morning have gone through serious disappointments. Some of us this morning, we are experiencing trials, pressure, you know, headaches, whatever, sufferings. But all of us, we can share a piece of what we are going through in life. But in the midst of the very same message, you know, there's a word advance because this is what God wants us to do. He says, in the midst of adversity, I am expecting my church, I am expecting my children, 
I am expecting those of faith to advance in the midst of all this condition. When you look at the word advance, it simply means to break through, to gain ground, you know, to move forward in a purposeful way, and not only to move forward in a purposeful way, but also to accelerate, you know, to increase in quantity, to progress and to succeed. That is how the church of Jesus has been designed. In the midst of chaos, we succeed. In the midst of mess, we grow. In the midst of darkness, you know what's happening? We shine. Because that is how we have been designed as a church of Jesus. If you are here this morning and you are going through some challenges, I want to say to you, it is time for you to shine. It is time for you to accelerate. It is time for you to be promoted in the midst of adversity. Now, few things that I want you to note about, you know, adversity. Number one. Everyone will experience adversity at some point in life. It is not witchcraft. As long as you are still alive, you're going to experience adversity. If you have not been there, at least you have been prepared. And number two, we cannot choose adversity. But we can choose how we respond in the midst of it. I think somebody said, you know, life is 10% of what happens to you, but it's 90% of what you do about it. The, 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 the power, it is still in your hands. It is still in your hands. Number three about adversity. You know, our attitude in the midst of adversity will determine our outcome. It's an attitude. You see, probably I'm that type of a person. I am more positive. You know, when I face adversity, maybe it is because of my background. Maybe it is because of the things that I have survived. You know, there is nothing that will take me by surprise now. Hey, man, I have survived abortion. What else can you bring unto me? What else can take me down? I have survived the streets. What else can take me down? So I'm a positive guy. I know that with God, all things are possible. But me, I need to take you straight into the scripture. There are people in the Bible who, who have also experienced adversity, but they advance. Think about the man by the name of Paul. Now this guy, he was given a thorn in the flesh. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Can you imagine? He's praying, he's believing God. God says, you're going to advance in the midst of this. You've got a thorn in the flesh. You have prayed. It is not moving, but I'm still expecting you to advance. Not with your own strength, not through your own power, through my grace. Through my grace, you're going to advance and the devil will never stop you. Maybe this is a message for somebody else. Paul advanced. Look at Joseph, another example in the Bible. I mean, this guy, a slave in a foreign country. But we see God blessing him with children. He named one of his children Ephraim, 
He goes on in Genesis 40, 41 verse 52. He says, for he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. He's advancing in the land of his affliction. He's not sit, sitting there and say, oh, me machtoch. Oh, I did not have a father. Oh, I'm from this country. Oh, apartheid. Oh, blah, blah, blah. He does not say all those things. It actually breaks my heart that even after 28 years, we are still blaming apartheid. As if it's a romantic word. I refuse. In the land of my affliction, I will prosper. I will progress. I will flourish. I will be elevated. Nothing can stop you because you have been made in the image of God. That is why Joseph succeeded. What about the children of Israel when they were also in bondage? When you read Exodus chapter 1, it says, So the Egyptian appointed taskmasters over the Israelites to oppress them with forced labor. Verse 12 says, But the more they oppressed them, the more they multiplied and flourished. It's amazing how we have been designed as God's people. As a matter of fact, the best thing that you can do to a child of God, if you want to see the best, the best in them, oppress them, you know, treat them ugly. Let me tell you, that is the moment they begin to shine. That is the moment they multiply. That is the moment they grow. That is the moment they become a light and a star. So, that is what the Bible says about many people, even the church. During persecution, we find in the book of Acts chapter 16 verse 5, that the church of Jesus continued to be strengthened in the faith and to increase in numbers. Every day, when they were bringing persecution to the church of Jesus, it continued to grow. I'm saying to you, there's a call of God upon your life this morning. And God says, I want you to advance in the midst of adversity. I want you to advance in the midst of adversity. I don't know the adversity that you are experiencing this morning. But the Lord says, I want you to advance. Now, when you read our text today, it is found in Jeremiah 29. I know we love Jeremiah 29. And when I say Jeremiah 29, what verse comes to your mind? Verse 11. We, know, we, we love verse 11. All of us, we love verse 11. But let me give you the context of that verse. Let me give you the context of that verse. It starts from verse 14, from verse 4. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty, I love that, the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, these folks, they were carried into exile. And they've been praying unto God that, God, when are we going back to our land? When are you going to free us from this slavery? And God comes to them. He's answering them. He says, I am still God, not just God, but God Almighty. I still have power to deliver you. I can deliver you anytime. But he says, listen, in verse 5, he says, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. They want to live. God says, uh -uh, I'm almighty. But I want you to build houses where you are. Settle down. 
Plant gardens, eat what they produce. He goes on. He says, this is bigger than you planting gardens. He says, marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters into marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number where? There. Right where you are. Right where you are. Increase. You see, sometimes it's bothering me when I see the church of Jesus praying the prayer of escaping adversity. We even design, design songs. We, when we are faced with adversity, now we want to fly away to be with the Lord. There's no flying away. We're still going to be here. Can I say to somebody who wants to fly away, you're not going to fly away now. You have some duty here. You need to build houses right here. You need to plant garden right here. You need to increase. You need to grow. You need to get married if God gives you so that you can build where you are. Can I say to somebody who's about to escape South Africa? Don't run. Plant where you are. Grow gardens where you are. If you find a wife, find a wife where you are. Marry, establish, build houses where you are. And God continues. Leave the other verses. That is why now in verse 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. So this verse comes from that. It's not for people who want to escape and say, the Lord, I have the plans for uh, uh. Don't escape and use this verse. He says, where you are, I've got better plans. I don't know how many of you. I strongly believe in the midst of adversity and chaos in South Africa, but I know that God has greater plans for South Africa. South Africa will prosper again. South Africa will grow again. South Africa will flourish again in the name of Jesus. That is why I encourage my, my children to, to, to continue to study. My second daughter, she's studying law. This one, she will be a psychologist very soon. My second daughter, she's studying law. I said, my girl, study law. We're going to take all these criminals to prison. <laughs> all these corrupt folks, we're going to take them to prison. How do you do this thing? When people are struggling, you steal all the money. I'm still asking them to account for that 500 billion. I don't know what has happened. But I said, my girl, maybe they are waiting for you to qualify so that you can take them to prison. I declare South Africa will be okay one day. God will heal our country. God will make us to flourish. God will give us a strong leadership. God will give us a godly leadership. In the name of Jesus, I pray and I believe it shall be done. Come and give God praise in this place if you believe. So the question is, how do we advance in the midst of adversity? That's a big question. How do we advance? Number one, see the end in the midst of adversity. See the end in the midst of adversity. It is a fact that when we are going through challenges, you sometimes lose the promise. 
You sometimes forget about the future. You sometimes lose the picture of your future. And I'm here to tell you that when you are in the midst of adversity, don't die in your winter season. Remember God's promises amidst adversity. It is the works of the evil one that when you are going through adversity, you forget what he has promised. Don't forget what he has promised. He says, I have a better future. I've got plans. Plans to prosper you, not plans to harm you. The best thing that you need to do for yourself is to keep the picture in mind. Keep the picture in your spirit. Never allow the chaos to steal that picture away. I know sometimes when you drive in the morning, you see that taxi driver, you know, just cutting the corners. You say, oh my God, what is this thing? Don't lose the picture. Number two, how do you advance in the midst of adversity? Refuse to be a victim amidst adversity. Refuse to be a victim. Now you know the bit of my story. I think I am the guy who qualifies to be a victim this morning. Can tell you my story. I've experienced apartheid. I was raised by a single parent. I slept under the table in the kitchen. I did not have the best education. I qualify to be a victim. But I refuse. Because in the kingdom of God, there are no victims. If you are in the kingdom of God, there are no victims in the kingdom of God. Refuse to be a victim. That is why God says to them, you know, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. God says, I want you to look around. I have given you things that will be a blessing to you. Don't concentrate on the past. I love the way the car has been designed. If you want to check what is behind you while you are driving, you use a small mirror because your, your past is not that important. But if you want to look at your future, you use your, your big windscreen because your future is better than your past. So put more energy into your future. That is how God operates. What I do, I speak like Joseph. Whatever the devil meant it for evil, you, God, meant it for good. Romans 8, 28, it says, God put all these things together for my good. So don't be a victim. Even tomorrow when you introduce yourself, my dear. Because people, they do that. And I don't know why people, they also want to know about our titles, you know, our identity. Are you married or are you divorced? What does that have to do with me? And sometimes we introduce ourselves, my name is Mary, I'm a divorcee. Who cares? <laughs> because that is just an experience. This is what we have gone through. It has nothing to do with your identity. It is not your identity that you, you, you have divorced. You've just gone through life. It's part of life. As a matter of fact, you are not the first one. So move on in the name of Jesus. Refuse to be a victim, my darling. Put on some heels. Go to a saloon. Dress smart. Change the moves. 
walk like the daughter of the kingdom because you are the daughter of the kingdom. Never allow your past to grab hold of you. Walk with pride. Look at me, that's how I walk. Praise the name of Jesus. Wherever I go, I walk like a king because I'm a child of a king. I will never allow anything to put me down. Don't be a, a victim. Refuse to be a victim. Number three, how do you advance? Sow seeds of greatness in the midst of adversity. It is natural when we are going through adversity, you know, to keep things. It actually makes sense. The cost of living is too high. Who would have thought that you can buy a liter of a diesel for 26 rand? We never thought. And sometimes as a pastor, you feel like telling people, don't give, we understand the cost of living is too high. In this church, they continue to ask some pledges, yet they know. Listen to me. It is because we understand the power of the seed. In the midst of adversity, we continue to sow seeds of greatness. We will never allow the devil to rob us even in adversity because we know when we give in the midst of adversity, it is not about today. It is about tomorrow. I mean, Isaac planted in the midst of drought. It says he planted, he sowed seeds in the midst of drought. And God blessed him in the very same year. Now here God says to them, in the midst of drought, in the midst of pain, he says, listen, Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters into marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. God is actually saying to them, in the midst of adversity, we continue to sow seeds of greatness. Actually here, God is saying to them, I want you to think generational. Sow seeds for the next generations. It is not about today. It's about the next generation. You need to understand, I'll be talking about that this evening. You need to understand that. That the battle it is not about today. When David and Goliath, when Goliath challenged, you know, the Israelites. If you remember the contract, the contract says, Give me a man. If I conquer this man, you and your children, you're going to serve us for the rest of your lives. That was the contract. So David, when he stepped into that battle, the contract says if you lose, it is not only you, but it is you and the next generation. If the church of Jesus can understand that when we give, we don't just give for this generation. We are giving for the next generation. We are giving to win the battle for the next generation. The woman who saved my life, she's not here to see what the Lord is doing. Today I'm a pastor with seven churches by the grace of God. We are about to plant another two. And not only that, a man now we have built a school a man who did not even get a best education, but now we have built a school. We are running a foundation that is called People Matter Foundation. In the middle of COVID, we gave over 10 million rand, you know, to the destitutes. 
Pastor Louis, even as I speak, there's a house that is being built for a family that does not have house. Our foundation, we build houses for the single parents because single parents are very close to my heart. My wife and I were raised by single parents. You know, from that seed, now this is what is happening. Continue to sow seeds of greatness into the next generation and God will honor you for that. So I'll spend more time in the, next, in, in the evening on that sermon. So you are invited. Praise the name of Jesus. Number four, how do you advance? Stay connected to the source in the midst of adversity. We've seen people during COVID turning their back against God. We've seen people forsaking their faith in the midst of adversity. In the midst of adversity, keep your faith. Stay glued to God and believe the best in the midst of adversity. God right there, he says to them in verse 7, he says to these Israelites, while you are in the midst of adversity, he says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. He says, pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now, it is God who's saying that. He says, in the midst of adversity, stay connected to me. Pray for this city. Let us not curse it. I know we are sometimes tempted, man. You look at these guys. Every day, corruption there. Corruption there. Corruption there. You feel like cursing them. You feel like praying Nigerians' prayers. <laughs> the Nigerians, they know if they are here what I'm talking about. Father, let them die. <laughs> let them die, yo. You know that the Nigerian is angry now. Sometimes I feel like that. Why are they still alive? But the Bible says, let's pray for the prosperity of our, of our country. Because our tongue has power for life. So we prophesy every day when we wake up and say, Father God, South Africa will prosper. Stay connected to this God. Praise the name of Jesus. Number five, how do, how do you advance? You keep good company. Keep good company in the midst of adversity. Keep a good church. Make sure you surround yourselves with positive people. Make sure you surround yourself with people of the future. You know that there's people of the past, am I right? And there's people of the present, and there's people of the future. So you don't spend time with people of the past, because these ones, they always remind you about the past. And the people of the present, there is nothing good that they give you. They're just next to you to suck from you. But they are people of the future. Spend time with those ones. Because they always tell you about the future. Keep the church. This is your home. Stay in this home. Grow in this home. Add value in this home. Don't be that type of a Christian who always come with a red pen to mark all the wrong things. The worship was not good tonight. Eh? Grumpy. 
old men. Stay positive. Speak words of life. When you see young people going astray, bring them closer. Encourage them. You are doing good. Next time, do better here. Because we are a body of Christ. Praise the name of Jesus. And the final one is that advance in the midst of adversity. The very same topic is what God is expecting you to do. Progress, succeed. And don't just succeed, enjoy life in the midst of adversity. Throw a party. Have a good time. Why do you wait until everything is okay? I mean, yesterday when the box were playing, already I bought some meat to braai to celebrate the game, and we lost. What do I do? Do I throw the meat? I don't throw the meat. I keep on braying. I will have good time in the midst of disappointment and adversity because I know that one day the pockets shall come back. They will win the game. It's going to be okay. You don't throw everything just because things are not okay. In the midst of adversity, find a space to celebrate the blessings of God. Celebrate your children. Celebrate your wife. Celebrate your friend. Celebrate your pastor. There are other churches. Pastors ran away. You still have a pastor. <laughs> celebrate God. You've got many reasons to celebrate. You know, there's a man who advanced in the midst of adversity. I am told that in 1816, his family was forced out of their home. He had to work to support them. In 1818, his mother died. In 1831, failed in business. In 1832, ran for state legislature. This man lost. In 1832, once again, he also lost his job, wanted to go to law school, but he could not get in. In 1833, you know, he borrowed some money from a friend to begin a business. And by the end of the year, he was bankrupt. He spent the next 17 years of his life paying off his debts. Now, let me tell you, if this folk was a black man, the parents will actually call him and say, come here, boy. There's witchcraft here. Kibuloi, kibuloi, witchcraft here. We need to look at this thing. Because they could not handle to look at their sons suffering like this. In 1835, this man was engaged to be married. And his sweetheart died. And his heart was broken. In 1836, he had a total nervous breakdown. And was in bed for six months. In 1838, sought to become a speaker of the legislature. He was defeated. In 1840, he sought to become elector. He was defeated. In 1843, ran for Congress. He lost. Now, once again, if he was a Shangani boy, <laughs> the parents will say, Tanala, come here. Now we need to check with the prophet. Something is wrong. In 1848, ran for re-election to Congress. You know what happened? He lost again. 1849, sought the job of land officer in his home state. He was rejected. 
1854, ran for Senate of the United States, lost. 1856, sought the vice presidential nomination at his party's national confession. He got less than 100 votes. If he was a black folk, we need to slaughter a cow now. Let us speak to the ancestors. The ancestors are very angry with you. You cannot fail like this. You cannot. You cannot. In 1858, ran for, for U.S. Senate again, and again he lost. In 1860, Abraham Lincoln became the president of USA. Isn't that amazing? That we know him as the president, but we don't know the adversity that he has gone through. Sometimes we desire people on the stage, yet we don't know what they've gone through. Imagine if this man, he decided to give up on the way. In America, as I speak, slavery will be the business of the day. But he fought, not just for himself. Can I encourage you, sir? There are things in life when you fight them, you are not just fighting them for yourself, but you are fighting for the next generation. Sometimes maybe in your marriage things are not working that well. Sometimes it is okay by the grace of God to say, you know what, I'm doing this now, not just for myself, but I'm doing this for my children and my grandchildren. You decide to look beyond. I know some of you, you might be here going through tough times in life. Don't take a rope and hang yourself. I know most of you, your business is not doing well in this country. You feel like packing everything and leave. I'm saying, think about the next generation. Think about the children. Think about those who are coming behind you. My message is simple. In the midst of adversity, don't give up. Continue to advance. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for your response and thank you for listening. Amen and amen. God bless you. I'm going to invite you to stand. Won't you stand with me? Let's stand together. Let's not just hear a good message today and say amen, but let us respond. Let us secure something in our spirits today of a posture that we will have in these times in our nation. Not just for our sake, but for our children's sake. Not just for the sake of our own children, but for the sake of everyone that is still to come. For the sake of those that cannot fight for themselves, may we stand today. So I'm going to ask you if you, if you would agree with me to say, Lord, we're not just going to survive. We're not just going to hang on, but we're going to take ground. We're going to push forward. We're going to flourish. We're going to take responsibility when we feel like others have to take care of us. We're going to say, no, Lord, we will take care of others. If you agree with me, let's raise our hands. As a solemn declaration today, not just because it feels nice and we're in a, in a nice environment, but because we, we, we raise them by faith today. 
Lord, we, you see your people. You know each of us. You know the details of our lives. You know our weakness. You know our fears. But despite all of that, Lord, we stand today, we raise our hand, and we say, when I am weak, He is strong. And we stand in Your strength today, and we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the midst of adversity, I will seek to advance, to see your kingdom advance. I will sow the seeds of faith. I will hold on. I will remain part of what you are doing. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Send me into my front line. Send me, Lord, to go make a difference. I refuse to give up hope, but I will go in your strength, Lord. And we all together agree and say, Amen, 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 Amen. Thank you, Pastor Chris, for your ministry. You are invited to join us tonight again. I'm going to release you now to go, but please, if you need prayer this morning, perhaps you're just sensing just the sharpness of adversity, but somebody wants to come around you and just lay hands on you, pray with you. And, and know, let you know that you're not alone. Then you're welcome to come to the front. Our team will be here to pray with you. If today is the day where you say, I want to give my life to Jesus, then when you come forward, tell the person that's praying with you, I want to give my life to Jesus, and they're going to pray with you and help you in that. Please also remember for our visitors that if you want to know more about our community, behind the flags you're on my right-hand side, there's a, a team of our members that would love to just share with you about life in our congregation, and you're welcome to meet with them. May the Lord bless you. Have a fantastic week. Go in the grace of God. Amen.